What you think, you see, and you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Welcome to the Think Better, Live Better podcast. We're your hosts, Mark and Angel Chernoff. New York Times bestselling authors and creators of the popular blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life. Today's episode is titled, Be a Little More Optimistic, Six Things Optimists Do Differently. If the grass looks greener on the other side, stop staring, stop comparing, stop complaining, and start watering the grass you're standing on. Truly, the most powerful weapon against Daily stress is our ability to choose one thought or response over another. I was reminded of this today when a course student named Sarah sent me the following in an email. And of course, I'm sharing this with permission. I sat down with my two daughters, ages six and eight this afternoon, to explain to them that we have to move out of our four-bedroom house and into a two-bedroom apartment for a year or two until I can find another job and build our savings back up. It's a conversation I've been avoiding for over a month as I've struggled with the doubts and regrets of not being able to provide a financially stable household for them. But my daughters just looked at each other after I told them, and my youngest daughter turned to me and asked, are we moving into the same apartment together? Of course, I immediately replied. Oh, so no big deal then, she said. Is that not the most mindful, optimistic response imaginable? I hope it inspires you to follow suit. Train your mind to see the bits of good in everything, even when it's hard. The peace and happiness of your life in the long run heavily depends on the quality of your daily thoughts and responses. Optimism is your choice today. It's not an inborn trait bestowed on a lucky few. It's a skill that can be learned and honed. Let those two little girls be your guides and allow us to fill in the gaps. Since there's no one-size-fits-all, step-by-step guide to being more optimistic, Angel and I have compiled a short list of strategies that we've successfully implemented with our core students, coaching clients, and live event attendees over the years. Here are some little things they do differently. Number one, optimists make optimal use of the available options. Most people get irritated by those who seem too optimistic, but this is just an unfortunate misinterpretation of the difference between an optimist and an idealist. An optimist is really just a positive realist who is neither naive, nor in denial, nor blind to the realities of life. An optimist believes in the optimal usage of all the available options, no matter how narrow the supply. As a result, optimistic people are able to better see the bigger picture. They can more accurately visualize and manage the present possibilities. For comparison's sake, An idealist focuses only on the absolute best aspects of situations. A pessimist sees no positive possibilities at all. And an optimist strives to see all the possibilities so they can find the best possible option among them. So when picking lemons off a lemon tree, an idealist researches, correction, An idealist reaches for the ripest looking lemon and expects it to be the tastiest. A pessimist settles for whichever one is the closest, while an optimist picks up the lemons in sight and makes lemonade. Number two, optimists respect themselves. 
As a child, you impressed and inspired yourself on a daily basis. You ran, you jumped, swung, sang, and danced openly without a care in the world and without worrying about what everyone else thought of you. You didn't need anyone else's constant approval because deep down, you knew you were amazing. As you grew into adulthood, the pressure from peers, popular media, and society as a whole began to wear on you. You started comparing yourself to everyone else. You judged and measured your body, your lifestyle, your career, and your relationships against other people's lives. And when you realized that many of these people have things that you do not, bitterness set in and you gradually stopped appreciating all the great things that you do have in your life. Optimists defend themselves against this self-dislike in two primary ways. First, they get back to trusting their own intuition when it comes to their daily activities. They stop asking for everyone else's approval and simply do what they know in their hearts feel right. Second, optimists don't judge themselves against a set of unrealistic third-party ideals. They let go of the ideals and instead hold on to the belief that they are always good enough just the way they are, even as they grow into a stronger, wiser version of themselves. Number three, optimists disconnect happiness from achievement. In order to be optimistic, you have to be generally content with your life. In order to find this contentment, you have to look within yourself. Happiness, after all, is an inside job. If you look for happiness outside yourself by tying it to a specific achievement you must reach, for example, you have two big problems. Number one, you may never succeed. If you feel like something is wrong with you and needs to be fixed, but you continuously fall short of fixing it, you will start yourself on a downward spiral where every time you fail to fix it, you feel even worse. Eventually, you will be unable to succeed simply because you no longer believe in your ability to do so. Number two, you may succeed and decide you want even more. If you feel like something is wrong with you and needs to be fixed and you succeed at fixing it, you will likely find something new about yourself that needs fixing too. Maybe you've lost 20 pounds, but now you want tighter abs. Maybe you've paid down your debt, but now you want a bank account filled with a million dollars in it. You get the idea. It's a never-ending cycle for your entire life. You never reach it because you're always looking for happiness from external achievements. You don't find the happiness from within, so you look to other sources. Optimists disconnect achievement from happiness and give themselves permission to be happy in each moment without the need for anything more. This isn't to say that they are complacent. They still set goals, work hard, help others and grow, but they learn to indulge joyously in the journey, not the destination. Number four, optimists keep good company. You are only as good as the company you keep and misery loves company. If you spend too much time around negative people, there's a strong chance you won't find much to be happy about. Do yourself a favor and dodge other people's negativity. Surround yourself with positive, emotionally supportive friends and spend time together doing things that make you smile. Optimism is a learned habit and it is positively contagious. So surround yourself with people who could infect you with positivity and then pass your new good mood to a friend or stranger via kind words and deeds. Tell a friend how good they look today. Let somebody have that parking space. Let that person with only a few items cut in front of you in line at the market. The simple act of doing so, the simple act of doing something nice for those around you, 
will help you create more positive people to interact with. The bottom line is that life is way too amazing and short to waste time with people who don't treat you right continuously. So surround yourself with people who lift you up when you're down and then return the favor when you're able to. Number five, optimists embrace life's ups and downs. Just because you're an optimist doesn't mean you're not gonna have bad days. You will, that's reality. Life isn't always rainbows and butterflies. A foundation of realism keeps things in perspective and helps prevent things from being blown out of proportion. Expecting life to be wonderful all the time is wanting to swim in an ocean in which waves only rise up and never come crashing down. However, when you recognize that the rising and crashing waves are part of the exact same ocean, you are able to let go and be at peace with the reality of these ups and downs. It becomes clear that life's ups requires life's downs. Bottom line, prepare for the downs, but capitalize on the ups. The former makes you sensible and the latter makes you an optimist. Number six, optimists use positive language and gestures. It's not always what happens that determines your mood, but how you verbalize and express what happens that counts. For instance, when an optimist experiences a bout of success, she might say, that's just what I had anticipated. I studied hard and my diligence paid off. While a pessimist might say, goodness, was I lucky to get that grade on that test, not giving herself any credit and literally snatching her own defeat from the hands of victory. If an optimist encounters a do-it-yourself project she can't figure out, she'll likely say something like, either the instructions I'm following are unclear or this project is gonna require a bit more effort than I thought, or maybe I'm just having a rough day. In other words, an optimist uses positive self-talk to keep the struggle outside of herself, the instructions, Specific, more effort, right? More effort is needed here. And it's also temporary for an optimist. She's having a rough day. While a pessimist would likely get down on herself and interpret the same struggle as incredibly internal, incredibly widespread in her life, and maybe even everlasting. Go ahead and follow in the optimist's footsteps by speaking to yourself in a more positive way, regardless of whether you succeed or fail. And you'll gradually become just a little bit more optimistic. Physical body language is also important here. Your smile actually influences your mood in a positive way. When you feel down, your brain tells your face that you're sad. When your facial muscles respond by putting on a frown, which in turn conveys a message back to your brain that says, yep, we're feeling unhappy here. So you can flip the switch on this internal reaction by adjusting your facial muscles into a smile so they don't correspond to that feeling. This is a clever way of sending a different message back to your brain. Hey, life is still pretty good and I'm doing okay your brain will respond by gradually changing your mood accordingly. Yep, and let's be honest, we all have bad days, right? So I think these, uh, these examples are key to know how we can get back to being optimistic, right? And not just dwelling in the bad day and that it's always gonna be like this. You know, I constantly remind myself when I come across negative people or I'm coming across a bad moment that this is just temporary, mm -hmm. right? This isn't the end of the world, you know, take a deep breath. You know, um, one of the tactics I use with my son that I actually practice myself is just saying, peace begins with 
me and repeating that mantra to myself. And it kind of flips my perspective and says, okay, my, I have, I have control over my response and my reaction. And so I, I reiterate that to myself and I remind myself that, you know, this issue or this pain right now is just temporary. It's not the end of the world. All right. I think two big things with optimism is this. First, optimism is about being present right? We, 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 we really like in, in, a, in the heated moment, right? In, in a moment that catches us off guard, the, the difference between looking at this more optimistically and looking at it more pessimistically is often how we're projecting ourselves into that moment. Like if we're, if we're worried about how this is going to relate to some other time and place and how this is going to affect some bottom line that's way down the road, we, we typically get stressed out. Usually the little bits of chaos in front of us can be dealt with if that's what we're paying attention to, right? And we were able to put our, our whole self into it. It's when we're fighting the battles of yesterday and tomorrow that life gets overwhelming, overwhelmingly complex, right? So we need to dial it back, be, be a bit more present. The other thing about optimism, though, which sometimes gets lost on us, is optimism is not about being hyper-positive. Optimism is not about pretending like everything is rainbows and butterflies, and we even said that, right? It is about being accepting of the present moment. That is what optimism is about. So optimism is about showing up to a moment and being accepting of what's here and saying, you know what? This isn't exactly the way I expected it to be. This isn't everything that I had hoped for, but it's going to be okay, right? And I'm going to do my best with the hand in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can here to make the best of this. That is optimism. It doesn't like, I mean, empty positivity is, oh, everything happens for a reason. This is, this is great, right? Like even when it's not, and that's not helpful, especially when tragedy strikes, you know, God forbid you should lose someone you love or you lose a job. or it, In those moments, positivity is not necessarily what, what, what should be applied to those situations, but optimism still can be. And it's sitting at, at, at a moment of, of grief, a moment of pain and saying, I am going to accept this and I am going to do what I can do slowly, gradually, gracefully to step forward, to step through it. Mm-hmm. It's letting go of the resistance and surrendering to what is and then making the best of it you know trying to move forward with what you have and what you can control yes absolutely remember what you think you see you ultimately become think better live better 